Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast, on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We are live on Twitter. And once again, folks, technology just completely blows my mind. Just when I think I'm in control and I understand exactly what's going on with my platform, I don't. Because today's guest, Ben Rasa, who's joining me from New York. He's the uh, director of betting at stochastic.com joins me and I can't see him on my computer screen. I'm just looking at myself and I can't see him, but then I look down at my phone on Twitter. There he is. I can see him. That's all that matters is that you can see him and we have some winning tickets coming your way. Ben, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, you, I am here officially. I know you can't see me, but it's true. Uh, I'm super pumped to be on. It, it's a cool event, ready to get into it. But yeah, just thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I follow your work. Uh, you do a good job, and um, I'm stoked to have you on. Um, you know, this is this is a cool event, right? Harbor Town is a cool place. It's right up the road from me. I've been there many times. Have played the golf course. Was up there actually uh, just a couple years ago, walking around the golf course with uh, Sepp Straka and uh, John Tillery and others, doing some stuff for the show called The Cut, which airs on uh, on Golf Channel. It's just a it's a beautiful place. And it's relaxing. It's a spot that historically, of course, they put it right after the Masters for guys to go there and just chill out, look at the water, a little breezy, have a couple drinks with some umbrellas in it. Yes, you're working, but you're kind of not working. And now it's an elevated event. And guys are tired. Jordan, he's tired. Rory, he withdraws different feel this year definitely different vibe uh the elevated events you you said it, it it's totally and i'm i'm just fascinated to see you know what you think about that because you look at the course history you look at some of these guys and my first question when i looked at it was what would the course history look like for some of these guys if <laughs> if rom and scheffler and these guys were there every year so it's an right. interesting dynamic when you check out the board this year yeah it is a great point because to to your point scheffler first time that he's been here, Rom, 2020, he was T33. So what that tells me, yes, they haven't played here much, but I'm going to look at that, Ben, as everyone else has a chance this week. <laughs> everyone, everyone else has a chance uh, to win a golf tournament this week. You look at uh, the defending champ, Jordan Spieth, of course, he played well. Uh, nice run on Sunday at Augusta to finish uh, T4 right behind, um, right behind Kepka and Mickelson. But then you go down the board and you've got like Stuart Sink, the kitchen there, 2021, Webb Simpson won in 2020, and then the who's who, C.T. Pond, 2019, Kadira in 2018, Jim Ferrix won here, Matt Kuchar's won here, Wesley Bryan has won here. So it's an interesting list of, of short knockers that can get it around this golf course. We know it's not very long, just under 7,200 yards. Pete Dye is going to make you think off the tee. He's going to force your hand a little bit 
into into certain parts of the fairway where everybody's going to have to play from. You can't overpower it. And now all of a sudden, here comes the elevated vent. Here comes the bombers. Here comes Scheffler. Here comes Rom. Here comes Cam Young. Not a lot of experience. So yeah, you got a lot to think about here. And of course, you know, we kind of run our numbers and in and, and the model and some things that weigh out here as you as you put some numbers to it and you look at the type of player that maybe you're going to lean on here a little bit, uh, what would you come up with? Yeah. So it's always interesting. I mean, I, I try to tell myself, particularly at the top, you know, those guys course fit to me is, a, is not as important because if Scheffler or Rom, they bring their a game, I don't care where they're playing. They're going to be in mm-hmm. the hunt. But when I, when I think about what I want, I mean, you just illustrated it. Certainly guys that can dial it in with the irons, these, you know, you don't need to, and in some ways you can't be aggressive off the tee here. So really that ball striking is going to come into play. And then, you know, maybe unless you're Morikawa and we'll get to him in a second, you're probably going to have to have some timely scrambling because it's not easy to hit greens. The greens and regulation percentages, obviously at times are very, very low here. Yep. So for me, it's just that ability. Can, can you mask your around the green with elite ball striking or can you get in and out of trouble at times? Uh, that's really what I'm emphasizing this week. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't overpower it. Yep. Um, you're going to see some guys hitting fairway woods, even maybe irons at times off the tee. And even if you are in the fairway at times, uh, you could be blocked out. So you have to get the ball in play. And then from there, obviously, precision iron game uh, is going to go to work. Even with that said, when you walk this place, you realize – even up close, just how small the greens are. I wouldn't say it's like the most difficult place to get up and down, um, but you're going to have to have a short game. And I do think there are Bermuda greens that maybe be roll a little bit more like bent. And then there's kind of Bermuda greens that roll like Bermuda greens, you know? And I think we're in the Bermuda green section here at RBC Heritage. And you kind of look at who putts well here historically, who doesn't. Um, I, I do think you got to factor that in a lot of shots from 175 to 200 decent amount of shots from 150 to 175. The other thing, my other takeaway, Ben, when I was there is just how taxing uh, the par threes are. They, they, they play very difficult. They're all right around that 200 yard mark. Um, four is a tough hole. Seven, uh, can play difficult 14, historically plays up there as one of the most difficult holes. And then 17 is just gorgeous. You know, 17 and 18, of course, 18 um, coming around the corner there, of course, with the scenic shot there on the water. But 17 is no joke. 198 yards, small green, one of the most difficult. So you're going to have to get through uh, on on some of the par threes. Before we get to the board, uh, a lot of uh, withdrawals here. Unfortunate, Will Zalatoris, he's going to be out for a while, folks. We're looking at probably the fall before um, he gets back in the fold. Uh, Aaron Wise still continuing to take some some time. Um, Hideki, I believe, is not here. Alex Noren is not here. And Jason Day is not here. So some guys taking the week off. Most notable, though, Rory McIlroy. This is his second elevated event that he's taken off, Ben. And look, I've been a supporter of, of Rory for sure. I think he shoulders... A lot of the responsibility off the golf course is the face of the PGA Tour. Um, but look, he was out in front and why these elevated events are important. And it's the it's the his or it's the um the future, if you will, for the PGA Tour. And here we are, the middle of May, and this is the second one now 
that he's missed. Not a great look, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Rory guy, uh, but it's hard to kind of push back on that because he, he's been, and I, I think he articulates a lot of things really well for the tour. The tour should be happy that he's out there giving his thoughts because they're very authentic and I think they're very reasonable. But some of those thoughts run counter to him not being here. And I understand. I mean, I, I was quite disappointed uh, that he can't even find the weekend at Augusta, of course. And I'm sure maybe the last thing he wants to do is uh, tee it up here. But at the same time, I do think, and, and you said right at the top, you know, Jordan was vocal about this is a lot of golf for some of these yeah. guys. But I do think it's important, uh, you know, unless there's, you know, mitigating circumstances that that they do show up to these elevated events uh, when they can. Yeah. Yeah, it's well said. It's, uh, you know, what's going on there with Rory? You know, I know that the, the you know, the Masters is certainly becoming a mental yes. block at this point and what's happening there and trying to um, complete the, the career grand slam. Uh, pressure off the golf course has never been higher, you know, when it comes to everyone having an opinion. The media aspect of things is bigger uh, with social media. So there's no question the expectations are way up there. And then you you layer in all of these things that are happening off the golf course and, and when he's having to shoulder there with PGA Tour versus Live, the ball debate, all of these things. In, in my opinion, from a player's just perspective, it's too much. I mean, I just don't think the players should have to take on all of this. I mean, it's overdone. Yes, they can have an opinion one way or the other and take on some. But, but in my opinion, in all of these things that are happening, it's just too damn much. Or a player like Rory, even Wills Torres, when he was playing a lot, I think he was shouldering a lot. Obviously, Phil Mickelson shouldering a lot from Liv's side. You know, there's a handful of guys. It, it's, in my opinion, it's just too much, right? I mean, we're all human beings here to be worrying and to have a voice and to be carrying the weight of all of these different things that are happening off the golf course, and you're trying to be the best version of yourself on the golf course, it's going to take its toll. It's got to be incredibly taxing. And like you said, this is not someone who's battling to keep a card or something like that. Like he's trying to outduel the best of the best. Uh, and of, of course, uh, it's got to come with an opportunity cost with all the other responsibilities that he has. Now saying that, of course, it's got to be mental. I mean, not winning the masters is one thing, not making the cut uh, against Larry Mize and co I think is something else. So it's definitely yeah. back to the drawing board for Rory and he'll have his chances, you know, he'll have plenty more chances, but it's clear that right now the formula is not working. Yeah. Well, hopefully we see him soon. Uh, a lot of golf out there yet to be played. Three more major championships, plenty more elevated events, a busy schedule on live coming up. All right, let's get after it. RBC Heritage, Harbor Town, elevated event. Oh, there they are. There's Scheffler. <laughs> and there's Rom. One, one and two, they just don't have their trio there of Rory this week. Uh, Cantley, uh, popular down there at 11 already. Morikawa uh, at 18. I'll just stop there. Look, I'm not. I'm not going to take Shelfer and Rom. I'm just not doing it in, no. in, in the short odds here. And I think Morikawa. I've been um, out in front with him and talking about the changes that he has made uh, with his short game and with his putting. And 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 my backdrop, of course, is is from the instruction side. And I really like the changes a lot. There's changes sometimes that are made that take a while and you can kind of tell the player pushes back a little bit. And then there's changes where you just feel like the player absorbs it quickly. 
and it's going to make him a better player right away. I think that's the case with what Colin Morikawa has done with his short game with Parker McLaughlin um, and his putting with Steven Sweeney. So I do like Morikawa here, especially with the iron game, but I'm going to lean towards Cantley. He's my guy in the short odds. I think he's putting all of the pieces together. The only thing that's missing with Cantley right now, Ben, is a terrific putting week. You know, he's just kind of right there, slightly above, you know, 0.8, maybe 1.0 strokes game putting. Everything else is there. He's driving it great. His iron game's great. I don't worry about a short game. I just need a strong putting week. I think this is the week, so I'm going to go with my lean towards Cantlay, even though it's going to take him six and a half hours to finish a round of golf. Yeah, he's going to wear him down. He'll be the last <laughs> last man standing out there. I, listen, it's hard. You know, Cantlay has shown, uh, look at his just recent results here. He clearly knows how to attack this course. He's firing on all cylinders. He's been very flat with the putter, as you illustrated. So I, I can't push back on that. I personally... I'm going to take the plunge and it's super insightful for me because I can't spot swing changes to, for anything to say that Morikawa maybe is adapting to what we know he needs to fix. And that is the short game. I mean, just look at his results here. He gained seven plus strokes on the approach. The last two appearances uh, at Harbor town, <laughs> it was just the putter that held, held them back. He lost uh, two plus strokes with the putter and every time he's been here. So if he can fix that, even be flat zero, I think Morikawa will be in the hunt on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, it, it's a it's a toss-up between Cantlay and Morikawa for me. I'm going to lean on Cantlay a little bit um, on the lines of, of, of slow play. And we were pretty vocal about this yesterday on the pod. We had flushing it on. If you follow him on Twitter, he's, he's really tied in with a lot of the players. And um, I, I just, what bothers me, Ben, is that, when you look at slow play, it's happening every single week. We know that we know who it is too. Like we can see it with our own eyes as, as analysts, if you will, or fans watching it, you can see who's playing slow and it happens. And then you hear in the inside, yeah, it's these players and it happens again and it happens again and it happens again. And, and there's nothing that they do, nothing. And that's what bothers me. It is that it's in play as a rule enforce it right give them a one stroke penalty then give them another stroke penalty and you know what's going to happen they're going to speed up but you have to enforce it baseball's enforcing more things now than they've done in the in the past golf can do the same thing you that's exactly what i want so every year in the nba in major league baseball they say points of emphasis is this this and this and early in the year they're extra stingent why? Because they'd say, okay, we're going to get you adapted to this immediately. And you may not like it early, but it'll become second nature. And we've already seen that with the pitch clock. We see that with yep. the flop rules. If they came down really hard on this pace of play, it would be a non-issue by the time we got to Augusta. But instead, it's one of the major points at Augusta. And that's just a shame because it really shouldn't be. Yeah, that's well said. Totally agree with that. All right, Jordan Spieth, he's at 20. Uh, Cameron Young, 20. Xander, 25. Hovland, 25. Finau, 25. I'll stop there. Spieth, the defending champion, he's admitted he's exhausted uh, coming in there. I, I think, obviously, he's going to come out and compete. Competing when you're exhausted versus competing when you're 100%, two different things. Um, but, obviously, he's got some good vibes around that course. Uh, he's playing well. He's making a ton of birdies. Nobody made more birdies at Augusta than him. Cameron Young, his putter's starting to wake up. Xander, we know, always interesting. 
And then there's Hovland speaking of technique at 25. Look, I've been on this podcast for the last month. I've had my concerns about some of the decisions Hovland's made from a coaching standpoint and this and that. But I'll be the first now to admit what I've seen in his technique in the short game at Augusta looks much, much better. Now, can he win here? I don't know. Um, of course, he can from a ball striking standpoint. We know he can wear you out with his with his ball striking. But his short game is definitely turning the corner, and I'm happy for it um, because Victor Hovland is a cool young man and is great for the game. Big fan of Hovland. Uh, obviously, when I think about Harbortown, I'll be honest, I don't think Victor Hovland. But at the mm. same time, I don't think Victor Hovland at OHL, at Mayakoba, and, and maybe we should for obvious reasons. So mm-hmm. he's shown that he can he can gear down at times. He doesn't need to just overpower every course. And he is addressing the clear weak, weak link in his game. So I get it. To me, the most interesting guy in that kind of 25 to 1 range is Xander. I The guy is an enigma to me. I can never kind of capture what exactly he's doing but he had a minor blip off the tee I don't worry about that that's always a strength of him I think the game is pretty well-rounded he looked pretty good at Augusta didn't tax himself you know wasn't in the mega grind I think he comes in here and actually puts together a really good four days yeah Xander is enigma you know I I was a little critical of Xander last year early in the year in that it's like get to that get get more comfortable situationally when you're in the hunt and put some tournaments away. And and he was able to do that. The Travelers, of course, the Genesis, which was a great field. So I think that was a big step for him late on Sundays. Um, it just feels like we want, I, I, I want to put Xander in the great category on, on the PGA tour, but, it, but the reality is he's, and I know he's won a decent amount, but the reality is he's just not there yet. And, and you feel like the skill sets there, it's just finding that extra gear, perhaps situationally, that kind of puts him a little bit more over the top. And we just kind of wait on that, it always feels like. And then it's 10th at the Masters, and it's 19th at the Players, and then it's 10th at Waste Management, and then a third at the Amex. And, you know, you just kind of look at some of those, and it's like, man, he could have clipped one of those or one of those. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just who he is. But look, I think at a place like this, yeah, he's going to put together four good days. The question is, can he find that extra gear and actually win one of these uh, elevated events? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think in that in that realm, for me, I'm probably going. I'm probably going to wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of wait until we get down into this next. This next group, Finau 25. I like him at 25. I think this is a good spot for him where he's shine in these kinds of venues. I think Justin Thomas at 25 is still trying to find that putter. Um, it's just, you know, we're sputtering too much on the greens. Fitzpatrick will get some play at 28. I think one of the most interesting names to me, Ben, is Max Homa at 30. I think Homa has to come away from the Masters, yet another major championship where he wasn't relevant. We know that he's playing well outside of major championships. We know that he can he can win some of these big events. He's won at great spots. But we also know that for Max, being more relevant and competitive at major championships is top of mind. And he wasn't last week, so where's his head at coming into this week? He's a fascinating kind of breakdown just because we know 
clearly. You know, when we get to LA Country Club, Max Homa's name is going to be at the top of a lot of people's lists. And we've seen him really get it done out west. And then he came to Florida, and I, I thought I was encouraged. I don't know about you, but I thought, okay, he showed some real, uh, I think, steps at the players and things like that. And then mm-hmm. it has not translated once again at Augusta. Now he's got one appearance here. He crushed the course tee to green. He was terrible with the short game. I don't know how overly relevant that is. I think Homa's a pretty good boom bust bet. You know, you're talking 30 to one range. I think his volatility, though, at these events, like to me, Xander is much more likely to beat him. But Homa might be more likely to actually win the event uh, just because of his kind of boom bust nature. Where are we at with Matthew Fitzpatrick? Um, you know, there was some, there was some discussion with injury. We know he's very good on Bermuda greens. You look at him this year, the calendar year, he's got four missed cuts. That's a lot for his caliber of play yet. He was 10th at the masters. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I look at this place. Yes. He's going to keep it in front of him off the tee. Yes. His short game is going to be fine. Yes. His putting has been fine, but is he a, is he a good enough iron player to win an event like this? I mean, he's one of the guys that he's been pretty vocal. He really enjoys this event. It should be a good course for him. I, I really do worry, though. You know, as I, I said, I really want to emphasize the approach. And, of course, that translates everywhere. And Fitzpatrick just hasn't been to that level. When I look at him in the, you know, you're talking about him or Homa or Xander or Finau. These are top-end players that games right now I think are a little more well-rounded. So can Fitzy do it? Of course he can. But he is far down the list in this range for me. Is 25 too low for Fino, place like this? That's a great question. You know, he's another <laughs> one. Him and Xander. I, I thought Tony might might do it last week. And again, the guy's a walking top 20. I mean, his yeah. worst start of the year is 26 at the Masters. But at the same time, how many times is he really threatening to, to yeah. hoist a trophy right now? You want, so, to see him, you want to see him more late, right, on Sunday? Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the kicker for me. Like what, I think, what you I said think about, in this group, what's that? No, I'm sorry. I was just say what you said about Xander. I, I kind of feel that about Fina where it's like, he's there, he plays well, he's solid, but can you kick it into that top end gear and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really pull away now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's these little things that happen in a round of golf that, that you, you probably are not going to see on TV things that keep around going, things that kind of propel a player forward. That's the difference between a 65 and a 67. That's the difference between a 66 and a 68. You know, there, there's little things like that, that, that propel it forward. And you just feel like that, that those guys kind of miss maybe some of those opportunities. I, I feel like with Finau right now, it might be a little bit more short game related. I think he is fighting his driver, maybe just a little bit as of late. Um, so yeah, I just I'm probably not there on Finau, uh, especially when you take the driver maybe out of his hand a little bit in that length at a place like this. I'm not there with JT. JT's got JT's got some things to figure out right now. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and play him. I think I'm going to play him and move him up there with my first bet, which is which is Cantlay. And then as we move down, Lowry, we know. Loves this place, Sean Larry at 35. Hatton, can he get back to where he was playing great golf before the Masters at 40? And I think when you kind of look at course fit, this is a good spot for Tom Kim, I would think. I, I think Tom Kim, 
right now, even though it's his first time, he's on side going, yeah, I can, I, I think I can win here. Tom Kim is a, a guy that I, I certainly was late to, and I've seen his number come down from 50 to 45. I see some 40s out there now. It's definitely a good course for him. I think when we, you know, he's such a young guy, but this is right what he wants to do. You know, keep it in front of you, tack with the irons, make some timely putts, work in and out of trouble. So I, I can't say enough about Lowry. He makes a ton of sense. But Tom Kim is a name that I also, I've seen a lot of people circle him, but I think it's warranted in this spot. Yeah, I do too. I mean, look, he was 16th last week at Augusta at two under. Who was just above him? Three under, Cantley. Who was just above him at four under? Morikawa, Shoffley, Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, all guys that we just talked about. I mean, Tom Kim's the real deal. I mean, there, there's no question about it. I know he doesn't have the course experience here, but I, I think it's a good fit for him. I, I haven't played it, but I, I certainly like Tom Kim in a top 20. Burns is interesting to me. I'm, I'm a bit of a homer from Burns. I, I picked him to win the match play. He did. That was a nice one at 50. Um, hmm. You know, I think that, you know, Burns is probably, I'll go ahead and say the best Bermuda putter in the game. Um, if not, he's in the top three. I love him in, in the South. Iron game, can it be good enough here? I think that's probably the question mark to win. We know he has it. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I'm a huge fan of Burns. Wouldn't be surprised to see another elevated win here. Henley, I'm surprised, hasn't played that great here. A lot of missed cuts. He does have one top 10. He's at 45. Kuchar loves it, 45. And I'll stop at Connors at 50. You know, I, I look, I, I talk, I don't want to bring this up again, but I'm going to. Um, I had a lot of people text me after this happened and send me DMs because I was on air last week and I said, look, the one thing with Corey Connors is that I feel like in the short vanilla little chip shots, he has the yips and like it, it's going to show its face from time to time. And sure enough, it did at the Masters on that short little vanilla right? Green side pitch, but he had to go over the water and you saw a yip and he just flubbed it in the water. You don't ever see a tour player do that. The only time you ever see him do that is when they have the yips. And, and so it just, it just crushes me because I'm a huge Corey Connors fan, but I'm telling you when you get in those, it's, and it's not every situation, it's not every short game situation. It's just the ones that happen that are the vanilla and the tighter lie. And I know they, they try to game plan away from them, but sometimes it's, in, it's just inevitable. And when you talk about winning tournaments, man, I just can't get that out of my head. I mean, it's such a fine line, particularly in an elevated event, like and credit. I, I Corey Connors at Valero was incredibly useful and helpful when he held off some players who were playing very well, but it's a little different when you're in this type of field. So right. uh, Sam Burns, man, he is, you know, you mentioned the LSU roots and there's just the putting and Valspar comps. There's a lot of positives with him. And I, I don't know what to do with him, to be honest. I've been hit, hit or miss. And even this year, he, you know, he showed again, another top 10 at Valspar gained across the board. I do worry a little about the irons. I think that's obviously what probably holds him back here, but there's no doubting when he gets going, he just rolls it at a level that most of these guys cannot match. Yeah, Sam Burns, uh, Taylor Montgomery, and Danny McCarthy. I mean, I yeah, think Danny that's 
I think those are probably the top three for me. Yeah. We're going to do a cool putting breakdown with his coach next week on the pod on Thursday. I'm looking forward to that. Um, But uh, yeah, those are probably the the top three. I think in the middle there uh, for a bet. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't bet it yet, but I, I think Lowry's probably the most appealing and safe with his course history, but I'll probably bet Tom Kim. <laughs> it's the first time all year. I, I bet Tom Kim this year. He's already, he's in Sharpie for me. I, it's not a guy that I bet a lot. I just, I really do like the spot. I was encouraged of yeah, course by the finish and. And the thing about him, it's everywhere you go, it's like, oh, you know, he's never seen these places. He's no, and he seems to deal with it just fine. Uh, he doesn't yeah. seem affected. So I, I do like the spot, certainly if it looks a little nasty or windy, that'll help Lowry even more. But Tom Kim is definitely in the hunt this week. Yeah, the weather forecast has improved a little, um, yep. but there's going to be some, there'll, there'll be some uh, some rain and, and a little wind for sure. That'll play into to Fitzpatrick's hand as well because he, he certainly – does a good job playing in those conditions and wasn't surprised to see him run up the leaderboard there on day three. All right. As we day three of the masters, that is last week. All right. As we, as we work down now into some longer odds, I'm going to give you some names to think about out there for those tuning in. Ben Rossa joining me here, Stripe Show podcast. He's the director of betting at stochastic.com. As we get into Siwoo Kim, 60, Thagala, what a, Sunday at Augusta for him at 60. Ricky Fowler, don't jump off that train yet, folks. Ricky's still coming at 60. JT Poston's going to be there. He will make the cut, and he will be there late on Sunday because if there's one guy in this field that knows how to putt these greens, it is JT Poston. Tommy Fleetwood at 65. He knows how to putt these greens. Justin Rose playing well at 70. Bradley at 80. And convince me why I shouldn't get back on Chris Kirk again at 80. The guy's doing everything. Chris Kirk, man. I mean, he was, I looked up, he was like five over at the masters. Then I looked up, he was one under it. He was all over the place and, and just what an impressive year for him in general. So, uh, I get it. I'm going to, I mean, this will probably be my first and last appearance after I say this, but I, I like Ricky. I know that, That's you know, good. this is an yeah. elevated event. He's say what you want. He's the one, basically the only guy we've talked about so far that didn't grind it out at Augusta for obvious reasons. And yep. the irons have absolutely improved. I think his course history is borderline irrelevant. He's just not the same golfer that he was. He lost five and a half strokes off the tee the last time he played here. That is just not, not even remotely conducive to, to thriving anywhere. I think he improves there. If he sinks up one of his putting weeks with these irons, I think Ricky could actually uh, continue this form uh, back to where he was. Yeah, I agree. He's on the right track. There's there's no question about it. Five-time winner on the PGA Tour. Um, his iron game is back. His putting looks good again. He's found something with that longer putter that, you know, for all intents and purposes, feels like it's probably anchored into his belly. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think Ricky's turning it around. That's good for golf. Poston, I'd probably give the nod to Poston okay. um, at 60 I certainly like Fleetwood to make the cut. Maybe be there late on Sunday. He had his opportunities we saw a few weeks back. Wasn't able to get it done um, as we work our way down. I like Bazaden Hunt to make the cut at 90 to 1. I certainly 
could talk myself into a top 20. Wyndham Clark, I like to make the cut at 100. Um, if I had to to give you a guy, you know, for a long shot to win, I, I've already sprinkled some money on Tom Hoagie, who's now down to 101. You're telling me that it's a second shot golf course and everybody's going to be kind of hitting from the same spot and we got to let our irons go to work. I mean, that's that's like Tom Hoagie's Wikipedia, isn't it? That's what he does best. I mean, if you can mask some of the things off the team, what I mean, give me an, him in an iron competition every day of the week. Now, I'm not saying that Bez is the guy I want in an iron competition, but you just mentioned him. You're getting plus 300 on a top 20. He's done good here. He really seems to respond to these greens. I liked what he did at Valero. Can he survive off the tee? I honestly don't know. You know, he gets himself into trouble at times, yeah. but if he does, I really like where his game is at, and I, I put him on the card quite a bit this year to middling degrees of success, but I, I think that Bez is on the right track, and he actually could thrive at a, at a course like this. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a good call there. I think Montgomery, who's gotten a lot of play, we've talked about him a lot, um, even before the season started as a guy that we think that can make the jump uh, long off the tee, wonderful putter, decent short game. I think in a second shot here, this emphasis on iron game will probably pass this week on a Montgomery. Um, even like a Mitchell as we get in further into a hundred, um, you know, it's gonna you're gonna hamper his his length off the tee here a little bit. Uh, Min Wu will probably pass this week at 110. Woodland, nice little sighting last week at Augusta. He's at 110 with Cam Davis, who's had one, I believe, top five here. Cam Davis. Um Ben Martin, 110, as we now start getting into some of the longer shots. Is there one on the board here, 100, 110 and beyond? There's KH Lee at 130. I think Seamus, uh, Seamus Power could be interesting at 130. Can Seamus Power win an event like this, potentially? Yeah, I mean, Seamus struggled on the weekend, but he showed flashes at, at Augusta. So there's a couple of names... Do I think that Ben Martin can win the event? I think that's probably far-fetched. I love the way he's playing. Bermuda Benny really looked good last time out. He could be on the card maybe in that top 20 iteration. But I want to throw one name at you and, and tell me what you think. Because this is a guy, I, I don't know what is going on with Davis Riley, who's 180 to 1. Obviously, last time we saw him, there were serious issues. Uh, he's another guy, I believe he's an Alabama guy, like... It seems like he he has some things going, but at the same time, I'm I'm terrified of even approaching uh, a play on him. Yeah, I think there was a there was a coach switch with Davis okay. Riley. Now now, how much of that affected his play to the point that what we were seeing uh, early summer last year, right? I mean, this was a guy that was second at Valspar, fifth at Mexico, ninth at AT&T, 13th at the PGA, fourth at Charles Schwab, 13th at the moment. I mean, running top 20s, competitive in major championships, to this year missing three straight cuts. And then, you know, decent at the Honda, eighth at Arnold Palmer, uh, missed the cut at the players. So is he working himself back into some things? You certainly like the trend that you're seeing with the driver. You certainly like the trend that you're seeing with the irons. I don't think his iron game right now is as good as we saw early summer last year. And I have some concerns um, with his short game at this point in time too. So 
I think he's on the right track. He seems to be coming out of it, but but I do think there were some changes for whatever reason that went on there, and it perhaps it it affected his play on the golf course. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew Putnam makes the cut. I think that's a player as we work down in the 180 to one. I think Justin Suh is starting to put some things together. He's at 200 to one. Um, I, I think he's a guy that obviously these talented young players that came out, it took him a while to get some things going. But all of a sudden now, I think Justin is is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, perhaps in his skin out there. He's making every single cut. I think that continues this week. We've seen some really good iron weeks. He struggled a little bit at Valspar. Um, but we're also seeing, I think, one of the better putters. Uh, a guy that can fill it up a little bit. Decent short game. Struggles with his driver a little bit. But I, I, I think Justin Suh comes in here and makes the cut. And if you're looking for someone for a long shot, top 20, I think that would be a guy that I would look towards uh, as well as a Michael Thompson who's played where in the past also. There's no doubt uh, that Suh has immense talent. And, you know, at the beginning, it felt like he was permanently linked to Morikawa and Hovland types, which were not just not really fair, to be honest. And he took a different path and he's starting to get it together really showing uh, that he can compete out here. So I do like that. I got one more for you in the same range. Okay. And it's a guy who was trending upward. He went to the Masters. He just, you know, he didn't have it. But I'm not going to hold that against him. And that's Adam Svensson, who mm -hmm. really was on a good run. He was 13th at the players, uh, top 10 at Genesis. He really looked good at moments in this exact tournament, crushed with the ball striking. I just like his game in general. And I think that, yes, the Masters was a step up, but he could go right back to playing good golf this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I like Adam Svensson. He's always been a really intriguing guy to me. Um, just uh, there's there's something there that he's got a little fire in him, and yeah. I I think he had some, I think he had some putting issues, in particularly in close for a while that he's put to bed. Obviously, the win last year at the RSM Classic, going positive nine point two, never hurts in putting. <laughs> um, he put a great at Genesis, and he's been on a nice little trend here other than the Masters. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I can look past that with a, with a Svensson as you, as you look at the way that he hit the ball at the players, Arnold Palmer, the way that he putted, short game, good enough. No question. I could get back on Svensson here um, for sure. I like him. I, 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 think he's got, I think he's got some big-time upside. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree. I really do. I think that he's the type of guy, like you, you said, you know, maybe a couple of things hampering him. He's starting to address them and, and you, you've seen flashes of it. Can he sustain it for 72 holes? I, I honestly don't know, but I, I'm willing to pay uh, for some really, really juicy top 20 odds there and maybe some aggressive lines. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think you um, that was one that I had circled and didn't talk about it. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Kitsuyama is another one. Are you, we willing to get back on him? He struggled since. Arnold Palmer, miscut at the players, miscut at the Masters. Um, I don't know. I think that, yeah. that, that win was something, you know? I, I think of all the wins to this point, of all the tournaments, that, that, one, that, one really, that one really came out of nowhere to me, Kitayama. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it was, you know, again, he held off – Big time players made the shots when he needed and and you knew, you know, we've seen it in Europe and some of these guys that they but 
I was incredibly impressed. I, I, I've said a lot. I, I wasn't shocked that Kitayama won. I was shocked that he won there. I, I thought mm-hmm. he would get one at some point. I just didn't think it would be at a place like that against a field like that. All right. Well, those are some those are some longer odds. I haven't made a bet to win this down the board. Certainly some that I've I've played in the top 20. Um it's just so hard. I you know, when you get these this caliber of field, it's just so hard to get yourself to really convince eh, this guy could win here. You know, and then you look at some of the winners that have happened here and some of the long shots, but this is just a different year. I mean, now we've got I mean, the boys are in town. You, you know, you got yes. Scheffler and Rom and Cantley, Morikawa and Spieth and Young and Joplin and Hoblin and Fina. I mean, Thomas and like you got to you got to beat all these guys. You know, it's just not one or two of them. You got to beat them all. So, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going to go past. I I, I don't think I'm going to go past ninety. I think Bazedenhut is an is a is a is a name I'm going to play as a as a long shot. Um, and the and I might. I might sprinkle a little bit on Sheamus at 130. It, it really is a different year here. And, you know, some of these guys, not to take anything away from their wins, but you can be pretty damn sure that you're going to have to beat at least one or two top-end guys on Sunday. Someone's going to yeah. be there. Not all of them, but someone is going to be there. And that that really, I think, limits the upside in terms of outrights for the bottom of the field. You know, you can put them in top 10s, top 20s, things like that. For me, Ricky Bez, that type of range, I think is my probably where I land. And then it's not to say I won't have Svensson and these type of guys on the card. I just don't think it'll be in the outright market. Feels like a Tom Kim week. It really does. I hope that would be fantastic. It, it feels like a Tom Kim week, folks. I mean, you, you think about it, everybody's tired. They're there. They're like, man, I just want to lay on the couch in silence. And they got a kid. Some of them got two kids. Some of them got like eleven kids, like Finau, and they're running yeah, around, yeah. and they want and they want to go ride their bike, and they want to go do this because it's going to be raining later in the week, and 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 it's, it's like you know, like, you know, just a lot going on, and I'm exhausted. I'm going to have a beer, and Tom Kim's got nothing. He's got she's twenty years of age. He's got any kids. He's got all the energy in the world. You know, like it just it feels like. Feels like one of those kinds of weeks. It's a very different, different week. It's, it's, it, I, I love this place. I love watching this tournament. I know a lot of the guys are tired, but I'm excited that it's an elevated event. Um, they can rest in a couple, in, you know, for a couple weeks after that, before they play in the Wells Fargo. And then, of course, uh, the PGA after that. You know who's going to be playing a lot of golf between now and the PGA are those live golfers. I mean, they've got some travel ahead of them going to Australia, yeah, Singapore, Australia. and then back to Tulsa. I've done that. I've made that trek all the way down there and back. And let me tell you something. It takes like a month to get yourself back on track. At least it does for me. Although the- <laughs> that seems, uh, no, it's, it's true though. That's, that is quite, that's real jet lag for sure. Yeah. I guess when you're flying private and all that, it yeah, doesn't, that helps. It doesn't take that big of a toll on you. All right, Ben, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Great show. Um, little advice out there. Everyone get their bets in. Best of luck. This week, we'll be back later in the week, working on some some cool stuff here later in the week uh, from an instructional podcast on Thursday on some of these techniques that are causing a lot of back issues. Will Zalatoris, how his move is different than what we see from Neiman and even Sam Bennett. Uh, I'm going to give you some insight on that. Stripe Show Pod, we'll see you later in the week.